This is TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. I'm Dr. Gina Rhodes. Let's get started. This week on TTLT, before we get started on the uh, interview, I'd like to tell you about TTLT Talks. You've heard me talk about this for a couple of weeks, but it's coming this weekend. So I hope that you uh, have been listening to the episodes or watching either one and that you already know about TTLT Talks. But in case you don't, it is um, monthly discussion with other English language teachers, and we have decided that it's going to be the last Saturday of the month. And this month, the first month for TTLT Talks, we're going to have it at on January 30th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please join us this Saturday where we can talk about issues related to our field and discuss ideas for future TTLT episodes. What is most important to you? Who would you like us to interview? What would you like to learn more about? What have you found already that you think was really useful for you? Which of the episodes that you've watched or the workshops that you've attended have been the most useful for you? And um, how have you implemented what you've learned in your classroom? These are the things that we'd really like to talk to you about this week and find out what topics you would like to us to discuss at next month TTLT Talks. So we do hope that you will join us and um, let us know what you think about TTLT and how we can help you and other English language teachers better. Of course, to sign up for TTLT Talks, you should go to our workshops page on ttlt.org and uh, um, near the top, you'll see the, the part to sign up for TTLT Talks. And then you can go ahead and register for any of the other TTLT events that are there so that you can join us. This week on TTLT, we're bringing back Matthew Jellick. And this week, he's going to be talking to us about informal assessment tips. So if you remember, um, Matthew Jellick was my student at the University of Southern California, and he was such an awesome student that I encouraged him to become an English language fellow. And he was an English language fellow for two years in Ethiopia and learned a lot about uh, more about teacher training there. And now he is a teacher in Shenzhen at Sustec. And he has been doing all kinds of amazing things at Sustec and writing lots of amazing articles and um, traveling and doing some wonderful projects. And this week we're focusing on how he does informal assessment tips. So let's listen in. Matthew, um, let's talk a little bit about informal assessment. Um, why do you think informal assessment is important in your classes? So I think informal assessment is able to measure sustained growth. Um, you know, at my university, uh, the class, the semesters are about 16, 15, 16 weeks long. Mm -hmm. And for these STEM subjects, I always am curious and always ask my, my teachers, how do you expect your students who learned a formula, for example, in week one or an experiment in week two, to be assessed on that 14 weeks later um, you know, for, as a final exam, these, these kind of standardized final exams. And I think through the art of informal assessment, you are, the teacher is able to gather information on a sustained basis. And therefore, 
adjust their teaching curriculum, adjust the pace of their teaching, adjust the pace of student learning. Um, I have, I have no idea if a student is going to remember something, a vocabulary I taught in week one, 16 weeks later, and even if they do understand it 16 weeks later, the window of using that in context has passed. The, the window was the week after that. Um, and so if I can do informal assessment on a daily basis or a weekly basis with my, with my students, it helps me as a teacher adjust the pace of my, of my teaching and kind of give strength to the students. Um, Oftentimes, the students are learning at a, at a faster pace, uh, sometimes at a slower pace. But regardless, if I don't measure that until the end of the semester, I feel like I've lost that window of opportunity uh, for adjustment over the course of the, the 16 weeks that uh, the semester comprises of. Yeah, I agree. I feel, like, I, I feel like if you don't do informal assessment along the way, you both lose because the student doesn't know if they've got, really got it, and you don't know if you, if you need to reteach something or move faster because they they've got this they've you know you could be moving at a much slower pace than you need to and you won't know unless you do some sort of informal assessment so good points okay so, yeah and going back to what i said earlier about having a pair work or group work mm -hmm. if i don't know who the stronger students are with different skill sets or i don't know who the weaker students are with different skill sets that doesn't give me the opportunity to mix and match students based on uh you know group presentations peer review process things like that. Um, and so if I'm only looking at one measurement that I'm taking that takes place at the end of the semester, the students are gone by the time I, uh, you know, have that measurement. And also informal assessment allows us teachers to give feedback um, and to, to make adjustments. Um, and so I think it's, it's key to sustained teaching, but also, you know, to, to the learning growth that takes place in the classroom. And it helps me evaluate my own teaching. I think as a teacher, if we're not constantly adjusting our lessons from semester to semester, week to week, our syllabus design, um, if something doesn't work in week three of the fall semester, why would I use that again uh, in the spring semester? And I think if we're doing this informal assessment of the students, in turn, we're informally assessing uh, ourselves and our, our curriculum model. Great. And are there any other types of informal assessment that um, you use in your classroom that you'd like to introduce to us? So primarily uh, what I do for the informal assessment is basically communication skills. Uh, and so I use it as a gauge for speaking uh, and listening on behalf of my students, uh, taking informal assessment, walking around the classroom, um, being more of an observer than a, you know, than a grader, I would say. Uh, and I think, you know, it, it allows me to interject myself in pair conversations or group conversations that are taking place in the classroom. Uh, and if we look at like effective filter, it lowers that with the students. I'm measuring them, but I'm not measuring them on a high intensity and high risk test uh, that, you know, they're told is going to happen this date and they, you know, kind of build the anxiety up towards that. And so by doing this, uh, on a constant basis, students actually don't know they're being assessed on the same, uh, I guess, strength that they would be if there was, you know, a hundred question Scantron test at the end of the semester. Okay, so so your basic form of informal assessment is um, monitoring the class, walking around, and just kind of listening in on what what you're hearing in the groups to know who the strong students are and who the weaker students are, so that you can adjust accordingly. 
yeah, uh, to use that and to interject myself, to be part of their conversation um, so that I'm leading on with, with you know, cues. Uh, I can ask questions. I can listen to them ask questions. Uh, I can uh, get, get informal feedback based on how they respond to different uh, scenarios within the classroom. Uh, and then use that as a buildup um, to larger group presentations or individual presentations to the class. Um, and granted in language uh, learning, there are students who are stronger speakers and there are students who are stronger writers and there are students who are stronger listeners. And to give those opportunities to everyone in the class. Um, if I were to only do written essays in my class, then the students who are stronger speakers don't have an opportunity to, to exemplify their strengths in my classroom. And I think that's shortcoming of them. Uh, and in turn, shortchanges my ability to, to teach and reach all different skill levels. Okay, great. Is there anything else that you wanted to add on informal assessment while we're on that topic? Um, you know, I'm, I'm in my, I actually also teach a, an EAP class, English for Academic Purposes to undergraduates, which is more based along, you know, language learning. And a few years ago, I went to my director and asked if I could just completely eliminate a final exam in my class. And it was, it was approved under the condition that I have other, you know, informal assessment. Uh, and so I was able to, there's four different levels at our university, English 1, English 2, English 3, and EAP. I was able to completely eliminate this high stakes uh, final exam that I felt, you know, it's timed and nothing else. We're doing a process writing in our class. Why for a final exam would I give them, okay, now all of a sudden you have to write an essay in 50 minutes. Um, and so I was able to eliminate that from uh, our curriculum and saw student motivation rise. Uh, and so they don't know that they're still being assessed, but they are rather than having this high stakes uh, test. Uh, at the end of the semester, which is so common in STEM education. And again, it's something that enables me to set apart my language classroom from something like linear algebra. Um, uh, and by doing that, I, you know, I, I saw motivation increase uh, within, within, the EAP, within the EAP classes. That's great. It sounds like you you are doing a lot of amazing things with informal assessment in your classrooms, and I love that you're getting you're able to make adjustments in the curriculum and get rid of some of those high stakes tests that that do they make the students so nervous. So great, that's fabulous. You gave us a lot of great ideas on informal assessment, and some of the things that I thought were the top teaching tips or that it helps you and your students know where you are. He talked a lot about how important it is to, for the students to understand what they understand and what they don't understand, what they need to work more on, but it also helps him to make adjustments in his teaching so that he knows what he needs to teach again or to teach in a different way and what he can move quickly through because the students already have grasped the concept. So it's very important to him to do a lot of informal assessment. And for him, the informal assessment that he does is often through observing and interjecting into this, the student's conversation. So he observes what he hears, but he also 
uses some time in class to sit down with some of the students and have a conversation with them to include himself in the conversation so that he can do that informal assessment while he's with them in in the classroom and listening to them so that this informs him so that he knows who his strong students are and who his weak students are and this will help him with his group work activities and pair work in the future so many great ideas right i hope you can use these in your classroom i hope you're as excited as i am to learn about starting an english or esl club with katam and maria and their workshop on English clubs is start is going to be Friday, January 29th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which will be 6.30 p.m. for them on the West Coast. And I hope you're really excited about Kira Sage's workshop on using Notion in the classroom. And if you haven't had a chance to watch her episode yet, I highly recommend it. Hopefully you'll learn a lot about Notion and you'll be excited to come to the workshop and learn more on Monday, February 8th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which will be 3 p.m. for her on the West Coast. All these people on the West Coast, amazing. And we have another workshop on February 26th. That's Friday, February 20th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, because even though Eileen is from the West Coast, she's um, now in Florida, so she's an East, East Coast time. So let's learn about using music in the classroom with Eileen Hale on February 26th. And don't forget to come to TTL Talks this week, this weekend on Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Remember, it's always the last Saturday of the month. So if you're watching this after January 30th, then get ready for the one that's the last Saturday of the month in February or March or whatever month that you are watching. So always sign up for TTLT Talks on our workshop page where you can register for all of our events. And if you want to get more involved with TTLT, we do hope that you will send us a voicemail on TTLT.org or drop me an email at TTLTinfo at gmail.com. Uh, go to our website, TTLT.org, and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. And if you haven't already, join our Facebook group. It's called TTLT. And of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We hope you'll to see you there soon. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.